Colossians. And today we're looking at chapter 3, if you want to go there. The scriptures will come on the screen behind me if you don't have your Bible with you. But today, as we look at the book of Colossians, um, as has already been said by Steve, there's some clothes we need to take off spiritually, and there's some clothes we need to put on. And uh, in God, in our relationship with God, he gives us new robes, he gives us a new identity, he gives us something to walk in. But if we have to engage in that process. You know, many of the things God does, he does to us directly. But there's also a process that we're involved with that we can't resist him in, that we could resist him if we, if we chose to, but we shouldn't resist him in because God wants to do deep work in all of us. He wants to take some of the things of the past off and he wants to put the, the new things on. And that's not just things that have happened in the past. It's also our sin. That's also the things we think that are not the, the thoughts that God thinks. All of these things, and we're going to look at that here today. The title of my message for you today is Chosen, Holy, and Loved. Can you just say that with me? Chosen, Holy, and Loved. And that's what we're going to start with today. Here's the thing. If you are a Christian, if you know you're chosen, we believe we're chosen, we're read we're chosen by God, do we still struggle with fear or rejection or feeling lost, even as a Christian, if we're honest? If I'm holy, if God calls me holy, do I still struggle with sin or lust or pride as a Christian? Think about it. If I'm loved by God fully, that God so loved the world, do I still struggle with hatred or unforgiveness or jealousy or envy, even as a Christian, if you're honest? You see, God calls us one thing, but sometimes we find ourselves living in a different way or a different mindset to who we really are or who we really should be. And this is what Paul addresses in the book of Colossians chapter 3. So if you're ready to look at the scripture with me today, we're going to read from verse 1. And just let the word of God wash over you today. You'll see three things here. The new identity and the new focus we have. The clothes that we need to take off. And the new clothes we need to put on. So look out for that as we look through this scripture. So Lord, I just pray, speak through your word today. Hallelujah. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. But you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also shall appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, so coveting, or jealousy, envy, that kind of thing. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, and he talks about different nationalities, how they don't matter so much anymore as Christians. They don't divide us. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, 
as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So that's Colossians 3. Like I shared earlier, there's three thoughts here. There's a new focus. There's a new identity that we have as Christians. If we've been raised with him, if God has called us now as his children, but also we've been raised with him spiritually. You know, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but do you know that it says in the scripture that we sat down with him? Get your head around that. So that is our life. That is, that is where we belong, right? That is what's true of us. And that's ultimately where we'll spend eternity. But even now, that is our home. But we live here, and we live in a body that likes to sin. We live in a world that celebrates sin. And here we are walking in the tension of both realities. So we've got a new identity and focus. There's clothes that we need to take off. And there's good clothes that we need to put on. So I just want everyone to say this with me. I'm getting changed. Say it with me. I'm getting changed. Amen. Yesterday, it was my ordination, so I'm now technically reverend Sam Collinson. Come on. Praise God. You might be thinking, where's, where's the dog collar? Well, if you want to buy me one, it's fine. All right, Christmas, whatever, it's fine. See if I'll wear it or not. But, you know, yesterday in the morning, you know, I did some exercise. I went to uh, I went to a, a lovely part of the country and I was just going for a big run and just running for miles and miles. I loved it. But when I got home, I had to get changed and I had to put different clothes on. Imagine if I'd just gone to that event in the afternoon and i just put the new clothes on and then I went to a nice event in the afternoon. You'd be sitting next to me with my arms raised in the air. It wouldn't be nice, would it? But as Christians, that's kind of what we do because we can't just put on the new self. We can't just focus on the character that God wants us to grow in. We also need to um, do away with the character that God wants us to, to, um, to, to rid us of. Do you understand? So it's not just one or the other, it's both. And we need to take the time to focus on what God's called us to. Today we spent a bit of time in God's presence just thinking on the things that are above. And I did that deliberately with us today because you know, where your mind is, there your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. So the focus of your life, you choose the focus of your life. Do you know that? You choose it. You decide it. No one decides it for you. You do. Every day, every minute of every day, you can, you can choose to switch in or switch off. It's your choice. And so that's why Paul says, set your mind on things that are above. Right now, you can focus on everything going on around you, all the chaos in your family, all maybe the sickness that you're struggling with, maybe whatever it is. And God wants us not to get focused on these things. You know, when I read the papers, when I spend time listening to the news, you know what happens? I feel anxious by the end of it, right? CNN, constant negative news, right? And I have to tune into God. There's nothing wrong with knowing what's going on in the world. However, I want to know what's going on in God's world. Amen? And I just want us to do that just one more time right now, just to practice this. If you just close your eyes with me right now, if you feel comfortable doing this. I just want you to look at Jesus. It says so many times in the scripture to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And I want you just to look at him right now. Think of where he is. Let him show you where he is right now. 
that wonderful scene. Thousands of angels, millions, tens of millions of angels bowing down. Saints who've been redeemed, people like us, but now in glory. But his eyes are on you. You're his beloved. What's he saying to you right now? What's the expression on his face? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. This is how to live your life. For the audience of one. For the praise and the approval of one. He already calls you chosen, holy, and loved. Do you understand this? The song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. What's the rest of it say? And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's the secret. It's called the secret place. Anytime, anywhere, you don't need to go to church for it. He lives within you. Amen? Right now, he, he loves it when our attention is on him. Like it says in, in the first slide, your life is with him, and when Christ appears, you will appear with him in glory. So Jesus is coming again, but you'll be part of that as well. You see, everything about our life as Christians is to be saturated and focused on Jesus. And, we, and again, that's our choice. And if we are in that place of choosing on him, choosing him, we're not trying to earn God's approval because he's, we've, we've taken communion today. He did it for us, didn't he? Amen. He, he chose us before the foundation of the world. He's already, we're already accepted in the beloved. I'm not trying to earn my way into heaven. I'm not trying to earn God's love. I'm not trying to get him to choose me. Say, here I am, Lord. He, he made you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. It's not like he doesn't know about you or forgotten about you. But it's us that needs to turn our attention back to him. And so, as we often say in the church, you become what you behold. Amen. So whatever you're, whatever you're looking at in your life, whatever the focus of your, your heart, your mind, your life, your soul, however, however you want to put it, whatever you're focusing on, you'll become like that. So if you're looking at the anxious worries of the world and the newspaper, you'll become like that. You'll take on that spirit. However, if you gaze upon Jesus, it says many times, David always says, I saw the Lord ever before me. And then later on, Jesus says, I am that Lord that he always saw before him. So I, even David, has had Jesus before him in his mind and his heart. Nothing else. You know, he had, he had a battle going on around him, a chaos going around him. And his heart, one thing I seek. Amen? Do you know this scripture? One thing. One thing. I seek him. Not to have a crown, not to have a kingdom, not to have... I seek him. And if I seek him, then there's a response on my, my behalf. You see, David would seek God, but then he'd also say, see if there's any unclean way in me and lead me in the ways everlasting. So, so part of coming into God's presence is not just enjoying his presence and enjoying him, but letting him work on those things that need to change. And it's only by his grace, only through connection with him, can that change ever take place. Do you understand this? You can't go and sort yourself out and then come to God's presence. <laughs> you have to come into his presence so he can sort you out. 
There's a big difference. Oh, I sinned two days ago, I can't really pray. Really? Maybe you should be praying more. Because when you pray and when you connect in, that's where the grace comes. If you're looking and beholding him. You know, when I, when I pray, I always make sure I pray the Lord's Prayer. And I, if you think about the Lord's Prayer, how does it start? It starts with, it's not just I'm a terrible sinner, right? <laughs> it starts with our Father art in heaven. So you focus on him, you focus on his kingdom purposes. And then from that place of, oh God, that's who you are, then you can repent. Then you can know, find that forgiveness. And that's what this is about. Put to death what is earthly in you. Elsewhere, Romans 8 says, put to death the misdeeds of the flesh by the Spirit's help. So the Spirit helps us to put to death these things, the sexual immorality, the impurity, the, the passion, the evil desire. And you think, I don't have any of those things, but when your buttons get pressed, what shows up? If I spilt this bottle of water, what would come out? Water. Because what's in you comes out of you when there's pressure. And sometimes the Lord, I just feel like I need to say this, sometimes the Lord allows the pressure to come on you to test what's in your heart. To test what's in your heart. And when you see those things, and you're living in a place of connection with Jesus, those things seem ugly. And you've got to get away from them, because I want more of you, and I can't be doing with any of these things anymore. Do you understand? So whatever it is, he will help you, and you can take them off. You can take them off like the filthy rags that they are. You can leave them to one side, and you can put on the robes of righteousness. You can now, you can now take on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. You can put on compassionate hearts. You can say, God, give me that heart of compassion. He will, he will flow from the inside of you. Kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. You know, I spent a lot of time with when I was with Christful nations at the fire camp the other week in God's presence, just sitting and praying. And God really did a work on my heart, my mind. And uh, I just felt, he said, you just need to just text someone and say sorry. And I was like, I don't want to say sorry to that person. <laughs> but I think of those scriptures where Jesus says, if you have anything against your brother, go to them first and then come back to the altar to make your sacrifice. So I text that person. And I said, I'm sorry. They never said anything back to me. But I feel at peace that I've... My conscience is clear. So when you're in God's presence, he will show you things. And you say, you need to do this. You need to change that. And it's not out of a place of condemnation. Do you understand that? Conviction and condemnation are two different things. Condemnation is you're a dirty sinner. There's no hope for you. Conviction is being convinced of something. I'm convinced that it's right to walk in forgiveness. I'm convinced it's right to put on compassionate heart and to, to forgive. Because the Lord forgave me. The Lord forgave me of billions of pounds worth of debt. And I can forgive someone for five pounds of debt against me. No problem. With his help. Some people can't. And that's where the enemy takes a foothold. Do you understand? This is not everything I'm saying to you today. Some, sometimes when you talk about purity and holiness, it sounds, like religi- it sounds like you're being religious. And people say that. I don't want to be religious. But you see, being religious is doing the things, the Christian things, the churchy things, without a connection to God. And so when you are connected with God, and you're with him truly, walking with him, then he'll say, this needs to go, but you need to, put, you need to do more of this. And that's how he transforms you. That's how you bear fruit as a Christian. Can you say amen? So as I, as I conclude this message, I just want to ask you again, where is your gaze? Where is your gaze? Where are you looking? 
Where is, your, where is the focus of your mind and your heart? Is it really Jesus? Is it really him? Because if it isn't, it's time to have a realignment today. Amen? And from that place, pot off sexual immorality. You think, I don't cheat on my wife. I don't cheat on my husband. Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her in your own heart. That's a high standard. You see, only by his grace can we fulfill the expectations that Jesus has for us. Do we understand this? I know this is a serious word for us today. But listen, holiness is happiness. Amen? Holiness is happiness. I'm a happy person today because I've chosen to do this continuously. To examine my motives, to keep Jesus my focus, to keep Jesus the way I've not always succeeded and I'm not always perfect at it. But I'm better than I was five years ago. I'm better than I was ten years ago. Amen. And in 40 years, by his grace, if I continue on this trajectory, I'll be continuing to be, as it says in Colossians 3, to be made, recreated in the image and the likeness of God. Because that's what Jesus, that's your ultimate purpose for your life, is that you will be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. I want to close with this final thought. If we could show the picture of the David statue. Look at the size of this. Does anyone know about this statue? You would have seen it before. Michelangelo made this. And the story goes like this as I conclude this message. There was a huge piece of granite at a quarry. And the quarryman said, there's no good purpose for this granite. We're going to throw it away. Michelangelo said, no, let me keep it. And he took it back to his studio. And night after night, month after month, he chisels away at this seemingly, uh, you know, this massively big you know, piece of granite that had no shape or form. But night after night, a shape started to come. And, and it, how he did it was this. That anything that wasn't David had to go. Do you understand? And it's the same with us. Anything that isn't Jesus in us has to go. Amen. It's not about being religious. It's about, is this Jesus? Is this God in my life? And if not, he will prune those things. He will chip those things away. And it's painful and it's difficult sometimes. However, the result is that you look more like Jesus. Amen. And you have a closer walk with God and you have a closer walk with other people as well. Because you're made better through the process. So are we able just to stand, if you're able to, just as we... As we conclude this message, I just reflect on this, on this scripture, Colossians 3. Remembering right now, let's just close our eyes, just remember. Just say, I am chosen, I am holy, and I'm loved.